who's here today to be able to listen to Dan's message, and I just pray that as Dan comes up here to pray, that it, or as, to, as Dan comes up here to teach, that it'll just, you'll be able to open our, our minds and our hearts to be able to just hear this message, to be able to let it impact our lives. And I pray that we'll just be able to go and tell more people about this and hopefully to bring more people here and to bring more people to you. And I pray as well you just watch us as we go home, just keep us safe, and that we'll be able to just live this out in our lives. Amen. And Lord, we thank you that we're awake now because of those awesome sounds that came out of the of the guitar that worked just as planned. Stephen, thank you, thank you. Three people woke up, all because of you. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, some some pooped in their pants, but I wasn't going to talk about that. Declan. Oh, sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. All right. Hey, we um, we're in the book of Ephesians, and it was written by. Paul, if you get it wrong at this point, you'll be excommunicated from the church. <laughs> what does that mean? Look it up. Okay. <clears throat> we um, Last week we talked about, in verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm going to jump into it. We're going to be in the text real heavy here in the start, and then there's an exercise. It's going to take about half of our time, which you're going to get to per- participate in. So hang with me. Say, I will hang with you. I will hang with you. Amen. Okay, good, good. Y'all didn't say amen. You didn't say amen. Amen. Yes, that means... Y- y'all know what amen means? It means tr- truly. When, when you say amen at the end of the prayer, you're agreeing with what was pr- prayed, and you say, that's why you say amen, because you're like, I agree. Truly. That's what... It's a Greek word. Look at this. You're learning Greek every week here. Amen's a Greek word. Truly. Okay, so that's why even... It's not, it's not sacrosanct or bad for us to, like, to make a pledge and make a vow and for me to say amen at the end. It's just... Confirmed it. Okay, so y'all are like, oh, he said, "Amen." That wasn't a prayer. He's he's going to. No, see, that's not the case. Um, we talked about this. I therefore, a pr- prisoner for the Lord, ur- urge you to walk in a, a manner worthy of the, the the calling to which you were called. So Paul says, "Hey, after all I've said in chapters one, two, and three, you're adopted, you're loved. God has saved you. You were dead. You rebelled against Him. He loves you. All because of His love." Um, because of all this, walk in a manner worth, worthy. You're, if, if you are a child of the king, act like a child of the king. And then he says four things. We talked about this last week. What were the four things he said in chapter 4, verses 2 and 3? Uh, he said, this is how what you need, you, you need to walk with what? What was the first thing? Humility. He said, walk with hu- humility. One thing I didn't share last week. Do you know that humility is the only thing when you say, hey, I've got that. You lost it. Do you understand? When you tell someone, I'm, hum- I'm humble, you're no longer humble. That's prideful. Okay? That's the only thing you can ever say, I've got it, and you don't have it anymore. Okay? Humility. We've got to be humble. We cannot come to Christ without being humble. Understand that our sin separates us from God, and we can't get there on our own. So the first step even to come to Christ is humility. The, the, the next thing was what? G- gentleness. And an, an, another word for that is... Meekness. meekness, and that means being a wuss, right? <laughs> no, no, meekness means power under control. It's like a horse that's been tamed, that's been b- broken, but it can still outrun you all day long. And it's strong. It's a fierce beast still. It's just under control. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are power under control of God. That's what we're called to be, meekness. The third thing was what? Patience. Patience. We all have that, right? We have that all day long. I want to know! 
you know, we're in a drive-through for three and a half minutes, and we're we're starting to almost cuss in our heads, right? I mean, it's bad. I mean, we're thinking awful things. Patience. We need to be patient with things of life, but with each each other and with God, and and, and wait on Him when He tells us. We need to learn to wait on Him. And the last thing was to do what to. The, the the fourth thing, probably one of the most important things, love. love. Yeah. And it's not romantic love. Like love. It's not love. No, no. It's it's agape love. It's a, it's unconditional. I will love you even if you you spit in my face. I love you. It doesn't matter. I, whatever you do to me, my love will not change. That's how God loves us, and we need to take the love that He gives us and share it with the world. Right. And He says in verse three. That I want you to be what? Let's look. We're going to j- jump in right here. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about the unity of the Spirit and how we as believers in Christ, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are unified with mi- millions of believers. I hope it's that much. I think it is. Around the world. And he says it in, in seven ways that, that he says it about us, but he says it about them too. And, and don't miss this because this part's huge. I'm going to ask you to stand as we read God's word together. Uh, and then we're just going to jump into this text, okay? We're going to start again in verse 3. It says, Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the, to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and, and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you right now that you just open up our our, our hearts and our minds to understand your word. And Lord, help us just not to understand it, but let us um, let it be a part of who we are. May we be found faithful. May we walk in a manner worthy of who, what you've done for us and who you've call, called us to be and what you've made, made us. Give us strength and courage to, to follow you every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, have, have, have a seat. There's seven ones we're about to talk about. Seven ones, and this is written, this book was written to believers in Christ. Don't forget that. Ephesians was written to Gentile believers. They're non-Jews, but they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So there's seven things that unite them all, that we can all... If you're a believer in Christ, you can say this is a fact for me just as it is for someone else who is a believer. First of all, there's one body. Okay, he says... Now, what does that mean? He says there's one body. Do you know that we are not the only believers in the world in this room? Oh, shh. Very quiet. We're the one true church. No, no. Our church isn't the one true only church of believers. And I just say we have folks in our church that are non-believers. We have folks probably in this room that are non-believers. Do you know that the one, 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 one body is the church, but it's not a church by name we use in this world. It's not this church or that church. It is those who that have put their true, authentic faith in Jesus Christ. They've repented of their sin and they've trusted Christ because that was the only thing they could do. To have been right relationship with God. We are members of... It's not just in, in Yulee, in Nassau County, in America. It's in India, Africa, China. It's all over the world. And sometimes we lose sight of that. I went to India two years ago on a mission trip. Okay, I've been there for about two days, uh, and it was just crazy. The smells you smell there, I mean... 
Oh, dear Lord, it was bad. I mean, the, the bathroom can get bad at my house, but it was nothing. I mean, that's nothing compared to India. It, it was bad. I'm not saying anything about my kids, no, or, or my wife. It's me, okay, it's me. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. I'm stuck. Um, I went there, and we, we were there for about two days. And they take us to a comp- compound, and we go in, and there's... Have you ever seen the Christmas movie of the, the Island of Misfit Toys? It's one of the old Christmas specials and all these toys are just... This compound was full of believers and, uh, and it wasn't India, I'm sorry, it was Africa that I was at. And uh, they just looked like the Island of Misfit Toys. There was like 12 or 14 of them. They'd all come in secret to this place to worship God together. And I remember thinking to myself, Dear Lord, can you really use these people? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. Okay, I, I lack faith. I know. I know you're like, how can you think that? I just did. I was, in my humanity, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is just bad. And we began to meet in a room. One of them began to play something, some guitar-looking thing. And they began to sing one of the most amazing praise songs I've ever heard. And it was, a, it was a song, I don't remember which one. It was one I knew the tune, but they were singing their own words to it. And then they began to sort of make up their own words on the greatness of God. And someone would inter, in, inter, interpret for us what they were saying. Then they stopped, and they began to testify and share about what they, what they had seen God do that week. And one guy had shared his faith 74 times. That week, he had baptized 32 people. And this guy, you look at him and go, there's no way. No, you don't fit the profile. I left that place rock to the core. Being reminded that, you know what? Americans, we act like we've got it together, and we so don't. We look good on the, the outside sometimes, but on the inside we're a wreck. And there I noticed they looked like a wreck on the outside, but on the inside they were amazing. And I was just reminded that we're one body, we're one church. And don't lose sight of that. No, around the world today when you're getting upset because someone spoke about you behind your back or, man, mom and dad just don't understand, can you just take a second, a second, and I need to do this too every day, Think about believers around the world that are being beaten up for their faith, that are in prison. They've been in there for years because they believe in Jesus Christ and they were found to have one of these in their possession. And because of that, they're in jail apart from those that they love. But they won't give up their faith because God is that big. Can, 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 can we even try to take the time to be reminded that we're one one body? Man, we're one body. That, that, that's, is that a good word for y'all? It's a good word for me. It may not be good for y'all. It's good for me. It's all good. Next thing, one body. Let's move on. It's one body. There's one spirit. The spirit he talked about is the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that is in you is in me. If you're a believer in Christ, and it's 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 the same one. And I heard it described. I was at a conference yesterday, and they talked about the Holy Spirit. It's something we don't really talk about a little much. Well, the Holy Spirit in my life, and you don't want to get too crazy about it. And they talked about the Holy Spirit being like. A raging river that goes to crazy places. You can't tell where it goes, but it's it's moving fast. And a lot of times we'll take our toe and we'll feel it. And go, yeah, that feels good. And uh, I've got the Spirit of God in my life. And God is saying to us, hey, dive into this river called the 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 Holy Spirit. Trust it because it will take you to places you will never take yourself, but it'll be places you will have have hope to be used and dream of going. 
Okay, it'll take you where... When I have leapt into this thing called the Spirit, and when it's spoken to me, I've said, okay, I'll do it. My life has been changed. And just because some of you in this room are 11 or 12 or 16 or 17, you may be saying, well, that doesn't really apply to me. I'm not really old enough yet. If you don't start applying it now, you're never going to apply it as an adult. It's to be applied now. You're supposed to live this out. Now, we have one body. We have one spirit. It says next that we have one what? You see it? Look down. We have one hope. We have one hope. Our hope is this. If you're a believer in Christ, our hope is this. That one day, we will be with Jesus Christ and God forever. Eternity. And you know what? We actually, our hope begins now. We live it now and know that one day it's, it's never going to end. And the pain and the things of this world are going to fall away. And the things that we think are so great in this world are going to burn up. And we're going to see how much greater it doesn't even compare God is. That's our hope. As a believer in Christ, we have that hope. And we act like we come in this room, and I do it too, and adults do it too all the time in church. We act like we have nothing in common with the people around us. But do you understand already that we have, we're one body with one spirit, with one hope. And then it goes says, and says that we have one Lord. And the Lord is Jesus Christ, who lived a life without sin. He played, because of our sins, we're separated from God, and He lived it without sin. He was placed on the cross, not for what He did wrong, but for what we did wrong. We couldn't pay it, and so he went on the cross, and he was, he was killed, not by the cross itself, but he was killed when this weight of sin of mankind were placed upon him. And it says that he who knew no sin, he who was beautiful without blemish or flaw, became disgusting and flawed because of us. He gave it up for us, his life. And because of that, a believer in Christ, we've got no choice but to make him Lord. He gave everything for us. He paid everything for us. Paul writes it himself. If you notice when Paul, he's always writing a prisoner of the Lord Jesus, a servant, a slave of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is his Lord. Question for you today, right now. Believer, if you say you're a believer, is Jesus your Lord? Is he? Because if he's Lord, then he's going to be your master and you will follow where he says to go. And you might... in your knee and you may fight against it at times but then you'll wake up and finally start doing what you're supposed to be doing and you might fight it again but then you start to do right it it, it is a fight still, I, I get it one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord and it says right here, one faith next thing, one faith, we all have the same faith, what, John 14 6, Jesus said I am the way, the the life, no man comes to the Father but by me Jesus said, there's, there's one faith. There's not many ways. Well, there, I found my way to God in a different way. You know, I smoked this thing. No! No, there's no ways to God except through Jesus Christ Himself. We have, we have one faith, and it's a gift of God. Ephesians uh, 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 2.8 talks about it being a gift. Then it says, well, one more thing, there's one baptism. Now, some church, churches do, do teach that, well, sometimes there's two baptisms. You're baptized by, wa- by wa- wa- water and, and saved by it. And then you're baptized again by fire when the Spirit and it's sort of like proof that you're, you're saved. You're baptized twice. I want you to notice the Word of God right here talks about one baptism. And that, that baptism is this. It has nothing to do with your 
salvation, but it's a product of your salvation. It, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 8, 8, 9 says, um, For it is by grace that you've been saved by faith. And this is not your own doing, it's a gift of, uh, of God. So we're, we're baptized, we're, we're saved. It's repent and believe. Repent, turn from your sins, believe in Christ. That, that's what it means to put your faith in Christ. And then you are to be baptized. Why? Because it's a symbol of you saying to the world, to the church, to believers, I'm dying to my old self, and I'm living for Christ. My life is no longer my own. It is now all for Christ. One baptism. There's some of you in, in this room that you may need to think, you know, it's, it's really for a believer, it's really the, one of the first steps for of obedience to a believer in Christ. And you may not have ever made that step, but it's an important one to one to make. It's you making a stand in front of peers, friends, whatever, saying, hey, this is what I believe. Now, when, when, when we do this, when we baptize, and I've done it quite a few times, and first few times I've botched it up really good, um, but we won't talk about that. We don't have time tonight. But you're, you're, you're buried with Christ in the likeness of His death, is what we say as we lay them down beneath the, the water, like they're being put in the grave. You do it slowly as a sign of reverence, as they, they've died. But they're raised to walk again in the newness of life. And um, you don't want to pull too quick, but you want to... I mean, they're raised. Water shoots up in their nose. It's bad. Okay. But th- that's the point of baptism. There's one baptism. If you are a believer in Christ and you've been obedient up to that point, most of you are baptized. You've gone through that, that door. And then it says the next thing, and this is the, the last one, the seventh thing. It says, one God and, 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 and Father of all. You know that? We all serve one God. And He is our Father. We are adopted as sons and daughters. And um, He's over all and through all and in all. Now my question, why why can't we not live united lives, even as a youth group, when we have one, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Man, we are called to be a body of believers that are united by seven things it talks about that we all have in common. And they're not small things, they're huge things. So next time you get sort of bent out of shape over somebody, did, don't forget about that forbearing love we're supposed to have, that unconditional love. Don't forget about forgiveness. You know what? I teach folks that are about to get married and will only marry those who have a relationship with Christ. That's a biblical thing. They both have to have a relationship with Christ. And um, when, when we teach them things about forgiveness, we say, hey, take the forgiveness that God gave you and pour it out, extend it out to your spouse every day, every minute, every hour. You know, we need to do the same thing. I mean, you don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they've... Hey, take the for- forgiveness because you know what, what you've been forgiven for. Dear Lord, I can pour out forgiveness on all of you for the rest of my life and still not make up for what God has done for me. We need to do the exact same thing. Now, all this stuff is about one. We're one, we're one, we're one, we're one. Now look at verse 7. And we're going to make a little jump here, and I want you to hang with me because we're going to do something a little different tonight. Uh, Verse 7 says, But grace was given to each one of us. Each one of us, he's talking to believers here. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, 
Paul writes about gifts, and so does Peter in the New Testament here. And I just want to jump on a couple of verses about gifts, and we're going to expound more about spiritual gifts. Look at, you can look on the screen, I've got it on the screen, Romans chapter 12, verse 5, going through 6. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Now, for this whole thing, he said, hey, there's one, one body, one spirit, one hope, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God. I got them all right. I did eight, though, but that was seven. Um, he, he says all this one, one, one. And all of a sudden he says, hey, you've, you've got the, these gifts, um, but grace was, was, was given. And it's not grace as in forgiveness. It's grace as in a gift. That's sort of the word that's used here. To each one of us, according to the, the measure of Christ's gift. That means, you know what? We all did, didn't, don't get the same amount or the same thing of a gift. We all get a gift. It's all been one, 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 one. And now all of a sudden he says, hey, but now there's a variety of gifts I give to my believers. Look here in 1 Corinthians 12. It's on the screen. Uh, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers and miracles and goes healing, helping, administration, various kinds of tongues. He's talking about gifts that are given to the body of Christ. This is believers in Christ. Every believer in Christ has a gift to use. You've got something to do to help edify the body and grow the kingdom. You, it is, okay. Look here in 1 Peter 4.10. It says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. One thing they say about these gifts, use it. It's said a few times in what I've said, use the gift. When you've got a gift, use it. I've got one question for you tonight. Because we're going to teach on this gift uh, in a couple weeks from now. We're going to come back and really talk about how we're supposed to use our gifts and how specifically we can. What, how do you use your gift right now? Are you using your gift right now? Don't answer out loud. Do you have any clue what your gift could be? Because do you know what? No matter if you're 11, 12, 16, 18, 30, 43, or higher, you're supposed to be you using your gift. You've got something. You might say, well, I just don't really have I don't really have No, you've got something. If God can use a 43-year-old guy that cannot say his name in public, I won't say it because I might get stuck on it, who just can't talk worth a flip, he can use you. I guarantee it in mightier ways than you can ever dream of. Okay? So... What's your gift for the body of Christ to be used for the body of Christ and God's glory? Some of you go, man, I don't know. There's things called spiritual gift tests. And this isn't an end-all. Hey, what this test says, it is what you are for the rest of your life. No, and it may be even a little off, but it can give you an idea of how you can serve and how you can use your gifts. Because you, you know what? There's no excuse if you're a b- b- believer in Christ not to use your gift right now. And if you're not using your gift, you're really in sin. You know, doing wrong is a sin, but sometimes not doing right when we know we're supposed to do it. Do you understand? That's, that's, a, that's a sin. That, that's, a, that's a wrong against God. So we're going to do a spiritual gift test. Tonight, you do it on your own, written down, okay? Are you ready? Are you sure? Do we need to unplug and plug the guitar in again? Okay, no. I need a couple guys to help pass 
this out. And I, if some of my adults could grab, I've got pen, pencils and pens in that box, and y'all can um, spread that out some. So, uh, Corbin, these are youth ones. These are youth ones here, too. There you go. Just pa- pass those out r- real quick. So I told y'all this will be a different night tonight. Let me grab one of those. Perfect. I'm going to help you just because I can. Here you go. Take one down and pass it around. Perfect. Here you go, fellas. Take one down, pass it. We'll see how how many of those we got. Hey, Stephen, we may need some right over there. All right, now before you start it, I want you all to look up at me real quick. If you if you need a pen still or something, raise your hand. Uh, 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 adults, I have some tests for you in the back that are for adults right back there. So um, not, not, not the youth ones. Hey, 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 listen, this is what I, I want you to do. We're just going to take 15 minutes, 20 minutes to do this. And um, would it help you all if I, if, for some of you, you can do it on your own pace. Would it help some of you if I read it out loud or no? Okay, because you've got to read it and then you've got to put an answer. Now look, you put a, a zero if it's never true. Never, like ever. One if it's rare. Two if it's sometimes. Three if most of the time. Four all the time, okay? Don't put down what you hope you would be. Oh, well, that's a good thing to do. I, I'm going to be a four this week. No, just be honest. This is only a test for you. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It's how you judge yourself. Your score is like an 18 and your friend's got a 21. They're like, I'm better than you at that. No, they're stupid. Okay? That's not the case. They're not stupid. That's, that's not right. Um, they're, just, they're just mean. Okay. So, <clears throat> you, but you need to read it, fill it out. Read it, fill it out. Are y'all good? Go. Go. 